Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you have favor with God and man. Come on, say it again. You have favor with God and man. 2024 is a year of profuse favor for you. I said 2024 is a year of profuse favor for you. One time, Pastor Robert, I don't know how many months ago it's been, but he said the Lord told him for him and his family that it would be a year of favor. I don't know what he said, but when he said it, something jumped in my heart, and I began to pray about it. I began to pray it in other tongues, and then I began to prophesy about it, and the Lord says profuse. What is profuse? Profuse is an abundance of. How many of you know you've already got favor with God? And when he says something like that, and he's never really said anything this early to me, you know, back in October, getting ready for 2024, and I can already tell you we've gotten testimonies of it's not even 2024 yet, and profuse favor is really starting to happen for people. Now, what is that profuse favor? What is favor? Well, uh, you have favor with God. Are you grateful that you got favor with God? And you got favor with God, and you got favor with man. Samuel had it. Jesus had it, and now you've got it. Amen. Amen. You've got favor. And that's what God wants for you, profuse favor. Profuse is a place that it abounds, and it's an abundance until it overflows. You've always had it, but God is emphasizing it. And so I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I guess before uh, Pastor Ron and I went away, and uh, we celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary, and we took 10 days off. In the rain of Destin, hallelujah, no sunshine, but that's all right, we slept, hallelujah, and, um, uh, you know, and it was good, but while I was gone, something happened this Sunday before, while I was preaching on this, part one of this, I don't know if it's the first service or second service, I'm not going to look around and see if he's here, but there was a young man as I was preaching on, didn't matter, doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, whether you got a degree, whether you don't, um, that we're not listening to what the world says anymore, but God can bless you. And I remember what I was just, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember him crossing his hands and, and staring at me. Like, and I could hear what he was saying. Sometimes it's a gift and sometimes you wish it didn't happen. But I could hear him saying, preacher, you have no clue what you're talking about. Because, and I, and I didn't get mad I felt very, and I thought about it for 10 days. Lord, help me to help someone like that who doesn't understand you, who doesn't understand that there's two different kingdoms, that there's two different fathers. There's only two families on the earth. Um, Help me to get to, so I didn't get mad. It just inspired me to, I've got to help them. I got to help him i got to help him specifically, but I've got to help especially young adults and people who don't necessarily know. Now listen to me. In the world, it ain't fair. In the world, there's every kind of ism. There's racism, nepotism, fascism. It reminds me of all the ites. Both demon-inspired. Both spiritual, demon-inspired. And I am not denying that those things exist. I'm just denying them the right to exist in my life and your life. Because it's about what kingdom you're in. 
I'll tell you one more time. There's only two fathers. You're either of your father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, or you're of your father, the devil. There's two families. Pick one. You already picked, didn't you? There's just two families. Anything else is a worldview. I lost y'all. Anything else is a worldview. You're not in the world anymore. There's two kingdoms. You're either of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, or you're in the kingdom of darkness. Just two. There's just two. Any other view is a worldview. So I'm not, in the world, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not going to be, you can't reteach, retrain, pass laws, do this or do that, to make them all act right. That's futile. Why? Because their God is the father of darkness, the father of lies. And if you're relying on that system as a born-again person, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But you're not of that system anymore. Come on, you've got authority. You have authority over spirits. Listen, as I was studying this, the Lord gave me a funny because I use that word, nep- that word nepotism came to me. And, you know, she's the vocabulary, the th- th- thesaurus girl. Th- I can't even say that word. Thesaur- she's, she goes all the big words. Sometimes she'll drop them on me. I'm like, what in the world? You just made that up. And she's like, no, I'll prove it to you. And she's usually 99% right. She misses it every once in a while. But nepotism is not a word. That, so I had to look it up. What is nepotism? So that's when someone gets an unfair advantage based on their family. In other words, you work in a company and they make a disqualified son who can't even, they put him in charge. Started to be, can't find his, anyway, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, anyway. Uh, nepotism, and the Lord kind of, on the inside, he's like, he's like, I do nepotism. He said, I do nepotism. What is it? To show unfair advantage or favor to a family member. Are you in the family? I'm in the family. Well, it's good to be in this family. What else does it mean? Nepotism means to do something for a friend you wouldn't do for somebody else. Are you a friend of God? Now listen, you're going to have to get this clear. You're an ambassador. And you and I have decided not to participate in the world system, we live here, but the rules of heaven apply to us. One of the things that irritates me about natural ambassadors is if they're in America and they do something wrong, the laws of our land don't apply to them. And I don't like it. But spiritually, the laws that are going on around here, not that you go break natural laws, but the laws that you're from, you're from somewhere else. You're from heaven. And you're just passing through. And, you, and God wants to show you favor. And so I, I want you to get this because this year of profuse favor, say it again, I have favor with God. And what does that cause? Favor with man. It's not just favor with God. You have favor with man. What kind of man? All men. Not just godly men, but you have favor with all men. What does that mean? Well, we're going to get into it, but it does mean that you can get a raise when nobody else is getting a raise. You can get the corner office when you don't have a degree for the corner office. Amen. No matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, doesn't even matter if English is your first or your fourth language. 
God can do things for you anywhere, anytime, place because you are a child of the Most High God, because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and because you believe this. Now, it doesn't just happen for everybody. It's, again, you've got to believe it in order for it to work for you. In order for the authority to work in your life, you've got to believe that you have authority. And even though things are going on out there, it doesn't have to apply to you. It reminds me of Psalms 91, because I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There may be plagues out there, but they don't get to come near me. A thousand may fall on my side, 10,000 on my hand, but it's not going to come near me. The arrows, are fl- the arrows are flying, but they're not going to come near me. Angels are what? Why? Because I dwell in the secret place, because I'm part of the family, because I have favor. Uh, God favors me. I have favor with God, I have favor with man, and this is a year of profuse favor. And so I want to back up and look a little bit. First, we're going to look at Joseph again. And uh, let's just look at him. Let's remember who Joseph was. You remember Joseph? He was his daddy's favorite son. Now, if you have multiple children, I know that you don't have favorites. You're, all your children think you're, they're your favorite. And that means you're a good parent. Hallelujah. Because you don't have favorites, really. I, I was on, we never flew Southwest. But one time we were on a Southwest Airlines. You know when they do that, all that stuff that nobody pays attention to? And so the safety thing, and this, and I think they do it to be, but I never have forgot it. Uh, she said, um, if the oxygen mask drop and you have multiple children, put the oxygen mask on the one that you think has the most potential first. <laughs> huh. so, I, but, you know, I know you don't have favorites, but Joseph's dad did. And he made him a coat of many colors. Dolly did not have the first coat of many colors. Joseph did. Right? And his brothers did what? Hated him. And then God gave him a dream. And then they hated him all the more. Because it seems as though God had a plan for Joseph's life and he was favored. Not only by dad, but God. Now, I don't know that Joseph was told of God to share his dream. I don't know that. And you have to be careful looking at this, thinking that the bad things that happened to Joseph came from God. Because we know all scripture-wise that God doesn't do anything bad. God is not stealing. God is not killing. God is not destroying. Not even in the old covenant. When it says he allowed, it's because the people did something and they could no longer be protected. But I'm telling you, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we know anything that bad happened was not the plan of God. And listen, in this world where you live, you cannot prevent everything that's evil coming your way. You cannot prevent all the bats. No matter how big of a person of faith you are, you're not going to prevent everything that the devil's going to try to do because you live in a fallen system. You live where the, where the devil is the God of this world. He doesn't have to touch you. But listen to me. What is most important in this is if you're going to walk in the favor of God and have favor with God and man, you're going to have to be careful how you respond. Now, here's Joseph. He's daddy's favorite. He even told daddy his dream, and his daddy was like, hold up. You mean you're, you, me and your mama going to bow before you too? And even though the brothers got mad, at least dad thought about it. Now, you know what happened? Uh, they decided they was going to kill him. So who is Joseph? He's a favored son 
But then they decided they were going to kill him. But then, uh, then you know, Reuben's like, no, let's not kill him. Let's not kill him. And then if you don't read it very carefully, you understand Reuben must have went and got, got a pizza or something. Because he comes back, and, and I think he was going to get him up out of the pit. But Judah decided to sell him. Yeah. Let's get some money for this boy. And remember, you remember that? Now, if you study it, if you just skip over it, then in the middle of all this story, there's a whole chapter about Judah. It tells what happened because he was the one who sold him. And two of his sons died. Remember that girl Tamar, the mess? I don't have time to look at it. But there was a penalty for selling this guy. It cost him something. Sin does cost, right? And, and so yet, here is Joseph. Now, how many of you know while he's in the pit thinking he's going to die, and he might be temporarily relieved, but the guy becomes a slave, a slave, a real slave. And a slave doesn't have any rights, any privileges. Here he's had this big dream for God where all the sun and the moon and the stars and everybody is going to bow down before him. And now suddenly he finds himself in a strange place as a slave. And he's got a choice to make. Now, I don't know what you would do, and I don't, well, I kind of know what I might have done. But someone, you know, the, 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 the thought of, God, why did you do this to me? God, why did you allow this to happen to me? God, where are you? Obviously, that never happened with Joseph, because this is what we know. How many know God always tells the good, the bad, and the ugly? You remember Sarah? You remember? Oh, she, 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 she counted God faithful, and she received strength and bore Isaac. But we also found out she was a laugher and a liar. Amen. How many know we, we found out God didn't leave out the, the Ishmael account? Right? David was a mighty man of God after God's own heart, but we got to learn everything there was to know about Bathsheba. God doesn't hide stuff like that. Does he? No. And so this is what I know. If Joseph would have had a bad attitude, we would have known about it. He's a slave. And the call of God that was on his life in his mother's womb begins to come forth. And so I want you to see this. uh, uh, Genesis 39, uh, 2 through 6. It says, and the Lord was with Joseph. Is God with you? I said, the Lord was with Joseph. Is he with you? What happened because he was with him, and he was a prosperous man. How could he be a prosperous man? He was a slave. He didn't own any, any Mercedes. He didn't own any cattle. He didn't have a whole bunch of this, a whole bunch of that, but yet God called him prosperous. What does that mean? And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw the Lord was with him. So even people ought to be able to see, even without wearing a T-shirt, that God is with you. Where you go to work, they ought to see God is with you. When you're in your neighborhood, they ought to know God is with you. When you drive around your car, they ought to say, oh, there's something about that. God's with you. Everybody say, God is with me. And if God is with you, who can be against you, right? Amen. Amen. And so the Lord made everything to prosper. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him and made him overseer of his house and all that he had put in his hand. So what happens when you have favor? What happens when you have grace is it promotes you. That favor always promotes you. 
Come on, the cream of the crop always rises to the top. But what did it? It was the favor of God on his life. Do you have favor? Do you have favor? Do you believe that you have favor? You have favor with God, and therefore you have favor with man. And so you ought to be rising up, not about because of your brains, not because of your credentials, not because of what you do, not because of your hard work, because of your belief in God. Everybody say, I'm highly favored. So Joseph found grace in his sight, and it came to pass the overseer took everything and he put it under his hand. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. How many of y'all work for somebody else? That wasn't a tough question. How many of y'all work for somebody else? You work for a company. They're blessed because you're there. No, they're blessed because you're there. And that's the way you ought to think. I, think, I don't remember who I tell these things to. I tell so many people. But when I was working at Rama, uh, I worked at McDonald's. And um, uh, the second store I went to when I, took, when I went there, I was not the store manager. I was the acting first assistant. But I decided I was going to put into practice what I was learning in school. And um, I decided that that was going to become his best restaurant. It was going to make him most amount of money. Even though he was driving a yellow vet, which was really cool, and I was driving an old broken down car. Even though he lived in a mansion and I was living in a ragged apartment. Even though, even though, even though, I decided I was going to put it into practice. And so every day I put it into practice. I was a favored person. I was favored of God. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And I began to believe for that business to increase more and more. And by the time I left, it was his best store, making the most profit of any of his other stores. And he had quite a few. I might say, looking at me? No, look at the favor of God. Look at, the, look, at, look at what God can do. I believed that because I was there, because we were there, and there was a number of Ramah students there, half the crew was Ramah students, the truth of the matter was I even got some of them to believe with me. And instead of believing for no business where they could just lean with their towel and pretend like they was doing nothing, we would all believe God for buses. We would believe God for, for people to come that was hungry. Not just order one Big Mac, order two Big Macs. Hallelujah. I'm serious. We began to believe for that. So much so, I tell this story all the time because there was, my store manager was a backslidden Assembly of God woman. And one time the owner, because he, he kind of got wind, what's going on down there? So he called one day and said, uh, what y'all going to do today? And I'll never forget, this is back in the landline. Some of you don't understand. That's a phone attached to the wall with a cord. She, I remember coming out of the office, putting her hand on the bottom and said, Mark, what are you all believing for today? Because I just didn't, we just didn't look at history. I believe for something. And when she learned when I, we believe for something, even the staff would be, what are we, what are we going to do today? I, we believe for it. But it wasn't ours. And how many know back then, today they make good money at McDonald's. But anyway, back then, you really didn't. And, and it did affect you somewhat, but it was for somebody else. That's the attitude of Joseph. And that's got to be your attitude. If you really believe you're favored with God and favored with man, you will get over thinking, what can the man do for me? What can the company do for me? You're going to know I'm here to bless this company. And as a result of my presence here, they're going to increase. And then somebody's going to take notice that I am favored of God. And they're going to give me the corner office. They're going to give me the keys. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Because not of my qualifications, because I'm favored of God. But you've got to believe it. Can I get anybody to believe it? Either God's word is true or it's not. Either 2024 is going to be a year of profuse favor. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. You can just come and listen and watch everybody else get blessed. 
Or you can decide this time I'm going to get mine too. And it comes with, my attitude is this, I am blessed to be a blessing. I have profuse favor on my life. And the first thing it's going to do is it's going to bless where I'm employed. I mean, if you have your own business, this is easier. You're in charge. All right. Even though what well, business is hard. You know, uh, things are changing out there. I can't get any employees. Man, it's tough out there. Well, you just keep talking that way. Well, that's what they say. Who's they? What he say. I have more employees. I get the pick of the litter. I get the best. Everybody wants to work for me. I'm able to pay my, pay my employees more than anybody else. I hear some of mine going, amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> talk it, pastor. Well, I do talk it. I do believe it. I do believe it. I do believe it. I've given more faith raises around here than you would realize. And I tell them when I give them, I was here first. So if you're on the bottom, if you're number 18, you better really be believing. Oh. Hallelujah. Everybody say favor. Verse 6 says, and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Now you all know what happened. Potiphar's wife thought he was a stud. Wanted him. She lied. Now he's in prison. Skip ahead. How many of you know you might go, God, I did everything right. I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I here? Where are you? Kind of like what Job's wife wanted him to do. Why don't you just curse God and die? When things happen, even if you're favored, you've got to watch your words and your attitudes right now. There was no sign of him doing anything like that. He found himself in a prison. How many know it's not good to be in prison? Even way back then, I'm sure that they were not like, you know, the Holiday Inn Express. But probably what happened for him, he's now second in charge. He maybe had to grow into it. We don't know. I don't know that he was automatically second in charge. But again, the jailer, the, the prison keeper found that favor on him. And so how many of you know it's good if you got a pillow and a blankie and everybody else doesn't? How I many you know it's good if you get to go through the chow line first before everybody's put their little grubby hands in it? That you're not having to do things other people are doing. And so while he's there, you all know the story. The, the butler and the baker. There was no candlestick maker. The butler, the chief butler and the chief baker came. And you know what they had? They had a dream. Now how many of you know your attitude right now is really important? Because God's obviously used Joseph before in dreams. Now listen, this is old covenant. Don't ask me to interpret your dreams. If you need to ask someone to interpret your dreams, it was probably pepperoni. You, there are no dream interpreters. If God gave you a dream, and if it's repeating, you ask him what it is. Don't ask anybody else to interpret it. There is no gift of dream interpretation in the New Testament. Whether you like it or not, that's true. But if it, God does use dreams... But in the Old Covenant, they didn't have the Spirit of God on the inside of them. And so God used dreams more then, and, and Joseph knew how to interpret dreams, right? And so he interpreted their dreams, and how do you know? He said, remember me. Now, in the world, when you do something for somebody, they ought to pay you back. But how many times you know they don't always pay you back? 
people have short memories after you help them. And if your trust is in the world and in the world system, then you're going to be disappointed. Because they won't pay you back. They'll stiff you anytime they can. But you're not in that system. And God doesn't always settle up every Friday, but he always settles up. And two years went by. There is no account of Joseph grumbling and complaining of, why did you give me that dream? Why did you make me interpret their dreams? These dream things, don't ever give me one again. I'm not doing this dream thing anymore. He didn't do that at all. He waited patiently. Talk about his character. I love this man. We should esteem, we should try to, we esteem him. We should try to be more like him. His response when things came was incredible. The favor of God was on his life. Yet it didn't mean everything was instantaneous. And he waited. And then suddenly, whichever one of them was like, oh, the butler, he's like, Oh, the, the Pharaoh's having a dream and nobody can get it. Oh, that Joseph dude. Let's go get him. They cleaned him up, took him in. He interpreted the dream. You remember that? Those dreams. In, in the, inner, the dream, the very thing that got him into trouble is what God used to get him out of trouble. Amen. Don't despise things. Amen. The very thing that messed him up, so to speak, is what got him out of trouble. It's interesting interesting and sometimes we we are so natural but the favor of God was on him we're talking about favor what kind of favor well what's on you profuse favor and this favor got him even though God gave him that dream and he was in a pit and then he went to Potiphar's house as a slave and then he was in prison now suddenly he finds himself in the palace he was second in charge at Potiphar's house he was second in charge in the prison and now he's second in charge of the most powerful nation in the world Don't even despise second in charge. That's where his favor was. That was his place of favor. That was his place of grace. He wasn't called to be in charge. He was called to be under somebody. But from that place, he ran everything. He's like a wife in a marriage. Hallelujah. And I meant that in a good way. Men, there's a reason that God gave you her. To ignore her is foolish. That's extra. Somebody need to hear that. It's foolish. She has godly wisdom written on her tongue for a reason. She thinks different for a reason. Somebody need to listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. We having fun yet? Hallelujah. So let's look at this. Genesis 41. So Joseph interprets the dream. Now, therefore, verse 33, now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out because now he's telling what, what, what he should do. Remember, there's seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. You're going to have to take in the years of abundance, take one-fifth of what you got, store it. And then he said, Joseph's not looking for his favor doesn't have to push its way in. The gift on your life, the gift of favor will make room for you. You know, when it says your gift will make room for you, it doesn't mean your gift of, uh, of $1,000 will make room. That's not what that means. The gift that you hold in your life, the presence of God in your life, the favor you hold in your life, that's what makes room for you. 
Who you are in God makes room for you. You don't have to push your way in. You don't have to demand your rights and your privileges. That's the world's way. Well, I'm just supposed to be a silent doormat. I didn't tell you that. I just said you need to be careful not to do it the way of the world because you'll forfeit the favor of God on your life. You need to be led. If the Lord tells you to speak up, speak up. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you this. Oh, I got to. Lord, it's time. I got to go. I was working as an accountant in Indianapolis, and some of it, some of it have the same stories, but I have the same life that I did yesterday, so I, I just have to keep getting some of you heard. But I, I was working as an accountant, and um, I loved my boss. She really taught me a lot of my work ethic today. Um, but she could cuss in rhyme, and she used all of them. And um, she used to make the guy that was in my office next to me, I swear he brought extra clothes, if you know what I mean, um, every day because she chewed on him every day and made him feel like this tall. And uh, she, was, she was vicious in a lot of ways. And um, I had gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I just, you know, I was just kind of meek and mild anyway. Just used to take everything, take everything. Um, but one day I did something wrong, which was rare. But I did something wrong, and I remember her storming across to my office, and she began to cuss at me in rhyme, belittle me, and I, I know now who he was, but somebody on the inside of me, the next thing I knew, I had my hands on the desk, I stood up, this is my boss, I said, you can no longer talk to me that way. If you're going to talk to me that way, get out of my office. I said that to my boss. Now, you better know that's God and the Holy Ghost. Now, after I was done, this great boldness that popped up, I began to pack up. I literally did. I began to pack up. I literally began to pack because I'm like, I'm toast. I'm done. Lord, but you know what? She never, ever did it again. And before I left, she went back to church. And that cussing and rhyme stopped. So I'm not telling you you have to lay down and take it, but you better know it's God. At least be unconsciously led. Because <laughs> I was standing up before I knew what I was doing. And it was out of my mouth before I knew what I was doing. But you don't have to take, I'm not talking about just taking stuff. People belittling you. I'm not talking about that. But I am saying if you try to do it in your own strength and your own might and your own power, the favor of God won't work for you. If you try to do it the way of the world and manipulate the system or play like they play, do what they do, you don't have to smooth, smooth, that word, smooth everybody. You don't have to go out to drinks with everybody in order to make it up the corporate ladder. You don't have to have lunch with someone who's not your spouse. Well, I got to. You don't got to do nothing. The Bible says to avoid even the appearance of evil. I'm helping you out more today than you know. Where are we? We're with Joseph. And he said, you've got to find somebody who can do this and let the Pharaoh appoint officers of the land and, and do all that. And then verse 38 says, and the Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a man as this, a man whom the Spirit of God is? And the Pharaoh said to Joseph, for as much as God has showed you these things, there is none so discreet and wise as you. So you're going to be over my house. And, and Joseph, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've set you over the whole land. I mean, he was just in prison just a, just a little bit ago. I'm going to say, can God move you from a janitor 
to the owner of a company? He sure can. Can he, can he move you from working from somebody else to having your own business in a day? He sure can. Because he's God. Because there's favor on your life. But you got to walk with favor. You got to walk with character. You got to do it God's way. You can't be of those as, where are you, God? What are you doing, God? Why'd you do that, God? Where are you? No, 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 you can't do that. You gotta keep your words with the word. And so he set him over the land of Egypt, and then he took off his ring and said, here's my ring. What does that mean? You, you have authority over everything. You can sign for me. You can do, it. You can do business for me here on out. That's the favor of God. Everybody say Favor. Do you have it? What kind? Profuse favor. If Joseph had it, you had it. But now listen, I want to elevate you a little bit. I want to elevate you. Yes, you're going to have promotions. Yes, good things are going to happen for you. But it's not just about you and your four and no more. There was always a purpose for these people we're going to look at for the favor of God in their life. Joseph's favor was not really about him. Although everywhere he was, because of favor on his life, he was elevated. He had the best of everything everywhere he was when he was a slave, when he was a prison, and now in the palace. Favor elevated him where he was. He enjoyed the blessing of the favor for himself. He really did. When he was at, uh, in, at Pharaoh's house, he, he got to have a family. He got to have children. He had the best of everything at his disposal. But that wasn't the purpose of this favor. That was a benefit. That was a benefit. The purpose of this favor is found in Genesis 45. Remember when the the brothers came and all that happened? I'm just going to get to the punchline. He said to them, don't be sad. Don't be upset. God sent me ahead To preserve Israel alive. So all, they were in the promised land and yet there was going to be famine and they all would have been wiped out. And so God sent a man. God sent someone ahead. Oh, sounds like Jesus. God sent someone ahead that, that even before they needed a deliverer, even before they needed someone to save them, even before they knew that was ever going to be, God prepared ahead. He is always Jehovah Jireh. He does always see ahead and he always makes a way. But listen, how about you be that way for somebody? Because everything on Joseph's life was not, he got to enjoy the benefits, but it was for all of Israel. He was able to save his dad, his mom. He was able to save his brother. All alive. And then remember, they all went into Goshen. And they were having a big time. And they were enjoying the fat of the land. And they were enjoying the benefits. Where they were, they would have died. But God has preserved them alive. Now what happens? Well, that Pharaoh dies. The next Pharaoh forgets that Joseph ever lived. And he don't like these Jews. He don't like these Israelites, and so he starts forcing them into slavery. And then they call out, remember, you know, God, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and send us a deliverer. And so you know what God did? He prepared somebody, but he prepared somebody before they even ask. So let's get into this just a little bit. Let's look at this. Everybody say favor. favor. We're going to look at this favor on, some, on our lives really started in, your, in the mother's womb. 
I want to show you this. So um, let's look at Moses. Y'all know Moses, right? Who was Moses? Well, Moses was born uh, to one of the, you know, the, the Israelite women, uh, one of the Jews. And remember at that time that what the midwives were supposed to do is kill all the males and just let the girls live. But the midwives told the Pharaoh, "Is like, we can't do anything. These Israelite women, man, they're popping things out, man. Before we get there, they're already done. And so we can't do anything about it. And so he said, okay, okie dokie. And uh, so there was one, and you know him as Moses. That was the name they gave him, the, the, uh, his uh, uh, stepmother or, or his adopted mother, better said, gave him. And, but I want, so who was he? So he became Pharaoh's grandson. The most powerful man on the earth, this Moses is his grandson with all the rights and all the privileges. And then what happened? Then this man, Moses, became a murderer. And he thought that the children of Israel were going to esteem him. Instead, they despised him. And then this man, Moses, became a fugitive. And then this fugitive became a deliverer. But it all started really in his mother's womb. I really want to show you this about the favor of God in your life is really not about you and what you can earn. It's about your position. And I know every one of you, when you're in your mother's womb, God had a plan for your life. And it was a good plan. So let's look at this. In Exodus 2 and 2, what does it say? Exodus 2 and 2, it says, And the woman conceived and bare a son, and she saw that he was a goodly child. And she hid him for three months. So she saw he was a goodly child, a beautiful child, something. But then it clears this up in uh, Hebrews 11.23 in the Amplified. Look at this. By faith, Moses, after his birth, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful and divinely favored child. Everybody say divinely favored. Who's divinely favored? You are. Well, Moses was. No, not only Moses is, you are. Say, I'm divinely favored. Why? Well, because the word says so. You have favor with God and man. But he's also saying this year, you have divine favor. You have divine favor. Now, I don't have time to get into this, and you'll be back next week, won't you? I know you will, because I really have some things i got to tell you before we get to the new year. And so I'm just trying to slow down and get everything that the Lord has given me. Got, got to, I want you to get it, because I need you to walk. It seems as me that God needs you to walk in this divine favor. Yes, he's going to give you promotions. Yes, he's going to bless you, but it's about somebody else's life. He needs you to walk in this divine favor because it's about somebody else. He needs the favor on your life to free somebody else. He needs the divine favor on your life and your family so that you can touch and minister to another family. What's going on in your life will not only help you and help your family, but it will help those around you. Because Joseph, the favor wasn't just for him and his family. It, it saved all of Israel alive, which was the line of Jesus. But listen to me. Every one of us were important in this last day, in this last hour, because Jesus is coming back and people need to get born again. People need to come back to God. People need to get back in church. People need to see the miraculous power of God. And so here this Moses was in his mother's womb before he did anything right or wrong. And he did some wrong stuff, y'all. But he was called with favor on his life. He had divine favor. And he ends up, after he killed the, you know, the, 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 the Egyptian, he, he killed the Egyptian, 
And uh, the next day he was trying to break up the two Hebrew guys fighting. He said, are you gonna, they said, are you going to kill us too? Well, he got so scared he ran away. Now, interesting, I want, I want you to see this. This is where I'm going to leave you. Because it's also, not, it's also important to know that God has favor for your life, but there's also some divine moments. There's also some divine places. There's also some exact places in God you need to be. Like Elijah. Remember God said to him, go to the brook called Cherith. That was his divine moment. That was his divine place where God was going to take care of him. That was his favorite place. That was his favorite moment. He couldn't go anywhere else. He had to go to the brook called Cherith. And when that brook dried up, he said, I've I've got this widow woman. And she's going to take care of you. Divine moments, divine places, divine strategies from God. It's about favor on your life. Well, this Moses ended up going to this place. Uh, you'll, you'll notice it's called um, Mount Horeb, I think is, is, is how it's called. Um, oh, gosh, hallelujah. Um, let me find it. Yeah, um, Exodus 3.1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father and all the priests of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now listen, before he got there, Moses had wandered out of Egypt. He wandered away back towards the promised land. I don't know. He didn't know naturally where he was going. He just needed to get away. And he finds himself in an area a mountain called Horeb, which is also called the mountain of God, which is also called Mount Sinai. If you, I'm going I'm to I'm move you ahead. What happened on Mount Sinai? What happened on the mountain of God? That is the exact place that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. That is the exact place where God showed up in all his glory and his power that Moses' face shone like a light bulb. They couldn't even look at it. It was the exact place. Sometimes in your life, there's places that you're supposed to be. Divine moments, divine favor in that place. So here Moses is, and these seven girls come, and they're supposed to, they're trying to water, you know, daddy's flock. And these other guys come in, and they send the girls away. But Moses, the deliverer, is on the scene. Who you are is what shows up. And so he scared all them other shepherds off. And he not only, uh, he, he watered all the animals for the girls. And the girls went home and told daddy, this man, man, he ran them off and he watered them all. And daddy's like, you better go get that man. That's a good man. And so uh, he came back to the house and he ended up marrying one of the girls. But it was from this moment, this place that Moses' destiny began. I don't believe he wandered there inadvertently. I believe God unconsciously somehow led him to the very, listen, the very place, that's where he saw the burning bush. That's where later God would give him the Ten Commandments. That's where later he would walk in the glory. He remember he said, Lord, if I found grace in your sight, show me your glory. That's the same mountain. It's the same place. There are divine moments. There are divine places in your life that you need to be where the favor of God is. A lot of people aren't walking in the favor of God because they're not in their favored place. You're you're a disciple, yes, but Jesus is your Lord. And you're supposed to be where he told you to be when he told you to be there because he has appointments for you. He has divine blessing for you. He has favor for you there. Don't ever get out of your there place. Don't, but no, let, don't let offense or anyone or anything get you out of your there place. 
Get in your there place and don't move from your there place until the Lord says move from your there place. That's where divine favor is. That's where divine provision is. That's where things happen. Amen? And from this place, did the Lord tell him to kill that Egyptian? He didn't. But that premature, I want to deliver these people, yet that's what he was called to do. Just like Joseph was called to be second in charge, Moses was called to be a deliverer from his mother's womb. That favor, that grace was upon his life. But again, just to jump ahead and we'll come back and look at it. Moses didn't do this favor on his life. It wasn't for him. Even at the end when he said, Lord, if I found favor, grace in your sight, show me your glory. He said, and remember when Moses said, Lord, if you're not going with us. Remember I started with, with, with Joseph. It said that the Lord was with him. And at first the Lord said, y'all going to have to get a little extra, okay? You're going to have to get a little extra. I can't just leave you here. Remember at first because the Lord was mad at them stiff-necked people. Remember he called them stiff-necked. How I many you know that's not a compliment? And a chiropractor can't fix that. Stiff-necked means you're rebellious. You won't do it God's way. You think you're smarter than he is. These are stiff-necked people. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to send an angel. And people will say, oh, an angel? But what that meant was, I'm not going with you. This is where my journey ends. I'll send an angel and you can go into the promised land, but I'm not going. And the people realized what just happened. And Moses realized what happened. Remember, this is when he said, Lord, if you're not going, we're not going. If I found favor or grace in your sight, you gotta go. Because if you don't go with us, we're no different than anybody else. We're just like everybody else. And he's like, come on, you called me friend. Didn't you call me friend? He said, you called me friend. If I found grace and favor in your sight, Lord, you gotta go, you gotta go. And the Lord said, all right, I'll go. I'll go. And, and then Moses was feeling himself and he said, all right. He said, he'd go. Now show me your glory. Show me, if I found grace, then show me your glory. And then he did find grace. He did find that favor with the Lord. And that's when, after that, the Lord came down and again and wrote the tent out again. And the glory of God came down. And from that, you'll see that then all those ites were pushed, should have been pushed out, except for them people, them stiff-necked people. The Lord is amazing. The stiff-necked people got in the way again. But the plan was, the purpose was, because of the favor on Moses' life, affected a whole group of people. I want you to get it. I don't know if I'm getting it to you good enough. The favor on your life will not just affect you. It's not just about a better job, although you can get a better job. It's just a benefit. But the favor on your life right now is to change some things, to help some people. And you let God use you, and it will not only affect you, but it will affect everybody around you.